0: full of them from low budget crap fests to downright unwatchable and only two men are willing to watch them all so climb in and take your seat this is short bus cinema let's do it
1: Welcome back to episode 15 of Short Bus Cinema. That's right, the bus keeps going on, the wheels on the bus keep going round and round, and I'm sure some of you want it to stop, but it's not going to because we're just getting going. And along with me on the bus ride, as always, my partner, my caballero, Mr. Johnny Krug. What's up, buddy?
2: What's up, man? I'm excited to talk about some uh, cheesy sci-fi.
1: Boy, is it! <laughs> so uh, most of you know when, when you're looking on the Facebook page and stuff that uh, you know we take recommendations of. Yeah, you, know, you think this movie is bad? Check this thing out. Well, we've uh, decided to take that a step further, and you know we've already had a couple of guests so far, and this episode is going to be no different because uh, we've got a good friend of ours that uh, has actually done some artwork and stuff for us. So when you see the logo of the bus that's flying through the air and the smoke trail coming off of it, it's busting through the ridge. That was put together. by our good friend uh, Dan Beisel, and uh, he's got his own show with his son Brendan but we are tickled to death to have both Dan and Brendan with us today what's going on fellas not much how are you guys uh, we're making it awesome <laughs> yeah.
3: no we're doing great we're doing great yeah awesome we do we watch Star Crash yeah
1: and still I... doing still doing great so that's pretty good <laughs> <laughs> I don't know
2: man like there's only so far you can take Caroline Monroe but she was pretty awesome in this
1: <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah and I'm sure we'll talk quite a bit about that but yeah I wanted to say real quick uh, Dan was one of the guys that kind of jumped on the Hell Ming pretty early on and did some artwork for us stuff that, that uh, Ming was very happy with and uh, so I appreciated that but when the time came for us to start this show I, I said hey you know give this a shot if you would and he was gracious enough to do it um He's got a a comic book uh company, I guess you would say, right? Is that is that the right way to say it, Dan or
3: no, I just I just make my little own independent
1: comic book. It, it's published and everything,
3: and, right. but it's not like widely distributed. Okay. Basically, you have to see me to get one.
1: <laughs> well, that works. And I tell you, just the stuff that you've got, you know, on on your page and stuff, is really really impressive. And and that that was the other thing that drew me to it. I was like, man, this this guy's got some good stuff going on. So, uh, yeah, you guys need to to take a time. Go ahead and and tell everybody where they can find that at, man.
3: Well, you can find it um, if you go to my website, com. There's links there where you can get print-on-demand or also um, digital copies of the comic
1: and see other samples of my art. Lots of very cool stuff. And uh, Brennan's in, into growing mustaches, right? Is that, I read that somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Not quite. I kind of threw him (laughs) off there a little bit. Sorry. Uh, So these guys, another thing, another reason they're on the show is they have their own podcast called Corrupted Youth. Uh... It's a very, very cool concept. Uh, What I like about it, it's kind of like what uh, you you people that listen that know what uh, podcast under The Stairs is. You know, they've kind of got a a newbie on the show being the boss has never seen a lot of those movies. So they kind of use him as a guinea pig to see what a reaction of a person that's not a horror fan check out the movies. That's kind of what's going on here on this show. So Dan's bringing up the movies and Brendan's watching them. They're talking about them together. I think it's such a cool idea, man. And it's a fun show. So what what made y'all decide that to, do to that? me is
2: really cool yeah. i love that me
3: too <laughs> well we we always would just watch movies together and we we're kind of like movie buddies and a friend of mine had suggested and, th- and this was a, quite a few years back but he had suggested that brennan and i should start a podcast and we just always kept putting it off and putting it off and then it became a if we wait any longer you're gonna get too old
1: mm-hmm. right Again, I just think it's such a cool idea. And uh, for you folks that are out there, we'll try to make sure we put a link for their Facebook page and all that stuff on Short Bus so you can find that as soon as this episode is dropped. Also, get them to start dropping episodes on the Short Bus page as well so you can check it out. I highly recommend it. It's an awesome show. So that's going to be a lot of fun. So let's put all that stuff aside. We're going to take a little short break. We're going to come right back. We're going to jump right into, Lord help us, Star Crash. Be back in just a second, folks. (laughs) Get out of the way!
3: An Evil Dead TV show? No way.
2: Negan is coming to The Walking Dead. That's awesome.
4: Don't you guys think a werewolf series is long overdue?
3: Oh, hello there. Are you looking for coverage of horror on the small screen that you can't find on any other podcast? Then welcome to Evil Episodes Podcast, where we take an in-depth look at horror around the dial, covering everything from today's hits like The Walking Dead, American Horror Story, and The Strain.
2: As well as looking back into the TV horror vault to discuss anthologies like Tales from the Crypt, Monsters, Masters of Horror.
1: Yeah, but do any of those
4: shows have werewolves in them?
3: What movies will become a TV series next?
1: Just how many more seasons
2: will every CW show get?
4: Why will not they put some damn werewolves on TV?
3: Tune in to Evil Episodes Podcast for all your horror on television needs and more.
4: I need
2: werewolves. Hey, did I mention how Lovecraftian all this actually is?
0: And now for our feature presentation.
1: Alright folks, welcome back. This is going to be a lot of fun. Like we said, we're going to jump right into the movie Star Crash. And I believe Johnny's going to give us a rundown as he does so well from every episode. So Johnny, turn it loose, buddy. Alright, Star Crash from 1978.
2: This movie's rated pg and it uh, stars Marjo Gortner, who he played the main one of the main characters in this. And I didn't recognize him. Do you guys recognize him from anything?
1: Oh yeah, Food the, of the Gods. Uh, he's in a he's in a bunch of 70s stuff, man.
2: I, I, ju- I just kept thinking of uh, William Cat. Right. <laughs> Every time he's on screen.
1: I've got a different name for him when we get going. <laughs> awesome.
2: <laughs> it also stars the gorgeous Caroline Monroe, who you know from movies like Maniac, The Last Horror Picture Show, and tons of tons of good stuff. Um, also, she's she was one of the uh, original vampires in one of the old Hammer movies, right?
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: And, and also, and Christopher also <laughs> she's also a Bond
1: girl. Oh yeah,
2: yep. I forget about that. I, I usually like. I don't, I'm surprised I didn't know that. Um, and it stars. Christopher Plummer, who uh, <laughs> I, I knew him by name and by, by his face, but when I started looking him up, I'm like, oh, yeah, he's in everything.
1: He's a legit actor, so if anything gave this movie any credibility, it would be him, but it's just not enough.
2: <laughs> not, not the Hasselhoffs?
1: <laughs> oh, no. No, 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 no.
2: He stars David Hasselhoff, as well, who you know from eating hamburgers off the floor. <laughs> 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 He'll never live that video down. Nope. With him just laying there shirtless, eating hamburgers. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's kind of me every weekend
2: That's <laughs> just well, I mean, four hobby. burgers are the best four burgers. <laughs> this movie was directed and written by uh, luigi cosi but it went by a pseudonym lewis coates yeah and uh you might know him he directed movies like contamination he did uh, hercules he did a lot of italian schlock yeah. but uh, some of those, i mean some of his movies aren't bad like he did the paganini horror and it's not a terrible movie. it's just very confused like it, I don't think they ever settled on one plot, and it just keeps going in different directions the entire time
1: right no oh, man yeah he's he's made some real clunkers. but they're all kind of Italian historical films, man I mean contamination it's bonkers i mean it's it's a ripoff of twenty five different sci-fi movies, but it's got some stuff, and you kind of go, you know what okay i'll I'll take that uh <laughs> Yeah, the Hercules stuff. I, you know, again, uh, we were just talking off air about why he changed his name, and I think it's because his name had already preceded him to be not a good director. He is infamous if you're an Italian horror fan as far as just making lower budget stuff. He's almost a uh, Corman-level style director for some of this stuff. So, we,
2: You know, one thing I just read that I thought was really interesting is the fact that Two years before this, he actually purchased and colorized um, Godzilla, and apparently he he colorized it so badly that, like, because it was an old, like, negative print... (laughs) Everybody hated it.
1: <laughs> he, he colored it with pencils, probably. Yeah, it, if it's anything like a stop motion, we know what we're in for, right? Oh gosh,
2: <laughs> they just need to stop with the stop motion.
1: <laughs> it was, it was bad. Right. All right, I'll let you. I'll let you kick off on the plot. So yeah, man, Star Crash. We're gonna open up with a definite Star Wars ripoff. It's going to start with the ship coming over the top of your head on the top of the screen, coming towards, and you're seeing the backside of it. Except this one looks just like if you went to Fred's dollar store and bought the cheapest spaceship you could find and used that for your prop because it has really like no detail. <laughs> <laughs> it's just really bad
4: yeah the thrusters aren't getting lit up so how's it getting propulsion <laughs> right <It's> the future
3: <laughs> there's, there's so many lights everywhere but there's no lights in the thrusters yeah <laughs>
2: Oh, they, they oh just, man. And they, you know what's funny, though, is there are so many scenes and shots of just lengthy, lengthy shots of of ships passing overhead oh. that it's like it's, you can't help but not notice these things nonstop. <laughs> I mean, it's and it's the same shots over and over and over. Oh, so, yeah. It's probably, it's probably a good, like, 40 percent of this movie. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. So,
1: so you got the ship coming over, and then we go take a little trip inside. And I do I do kind of like the idea here. It's almost kind of a... Stanley Kubrick kind of taking the idea of 2001 or something where they're they're in the little elevator shaft or whatever and it's turning and it turns them to another hallway that's in the ship and it opens up and goes down. That looks pretty good, but you don't even pay attention to it because of the stupid helmet the guy's wearing.
2: Did you notice also that all, all the guys on the ship are the uniforms are basically every Eddie Murphy comedy special from the 80s? Like they're, all, they're all like they're like raw and what was the other one? Delirious. They're just
1: really bad. Yeah, oh yeah. That's yeah, all. I could think of. I
2: goes like, "Man, Eddie Murphy had a lot of these
1: things made." But you got these guys running around with these helmets that look like they weren't even good enough to be on a Flash Gordon movie or something. It's just like total throwaway helmets. <laughs> Terrible, terrible helmets, man. <laughs> and they are definitely not one-size-fits-all. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh. And you got the, the spaceship gets attacked, which can only be described as a combination of the old video game Pong and a, a, and a lava lamp. <laughs> not like I could figure out. I said, man, he just put his camera and film through a lava lamp, and that's what's attacking this ship. So if you can imagine people rolling around on the floor because... There's speckles of lava floating in the air. It's it's pretty bad, pretty bad. We forgot to mention that this thing had a four million dollar budget. Wow,
2: really? Really? Hmm. That seems like a lot of money for this movie.
1: I'm I'm just I'm thinking of how this went because I know how the Italians are when it comes to this stuff. So <laughs> they probably they probably said, you know, uh, a Star Wars that of this much, and we can do it for less. We can do it for four million. And uh boy they sure did <laughs> They did it for a lot less than four I can tell you that uh, so after we get bad the really bad effect of the amoebas attacking them on the ship uh, again you can just tell it's just a video screen with some some red stuff it's almost like you're in an old old 60s concert and they're doing the old overhead projector thing where they take the petri dish and slosh around a bunch of colored you know food coloring and make the walls all you know whatever colors but Really bad. So in the middle of this, people are on the floor holding the ears because apparently it makes you go nuts. And then we get these uh, little paper mache ships that are uh, like escape pods that are are leaving the ship. (laughs) So uh, they almost look like, uh, you know, the the unicorn from Blade Runner. (laughs) (laughs) So they're flying across there, and as they go across there, there's a big explosion. Then we get the credits. And so far... And pretty much through the whole movie, the logo for the name Star Crash is about the coolest thing about this movie. It looks pretty, <laughs> it looks pretty cool. The rest of it does not. And Oh, I, for, I forgot to mention uh, Joseph Zito. Or, uh, not Joseph Zito. Joseph uh, Joe Joseph Nell. Also in Maniac. Yep. Didn't mean, oh, Last
2: Picture it, Show also with it, her.
1: That's it, right. So they they made three three movies that we know of right offhand together. That's pretty wild. And two of them are good. <laughs> Surely you're including this one. <laughs> and, and the other thing about this, man, they got John Barry to do the music. And I know Dan sent me some information on something. We'll talk about, talk about that in a minute. But, you know, you get some John Barry here, which kind of sounds a little bit like this. That sounds like space music, right? Star Wars. I'm ripping
5: off
1: Star Wars. 4 million bucks. I think it's what they were, you know, what it was written after. <laughs> <laughs> so, pretty sweet. I mean, it's it's a solid it's a solid theme song there. Like I said, you can hear him saying Star Wars. I'm ripping off Star Wars. So, Dan, Dan sent this information to me, and it's basically saying that when it's weird because it's almost like the whole uh, Texas Chainsaw Toolbox Murder story. Uh, of course, too, like, the Toolbox Murders was a t- direct ripoff of Texas Chainsaw, supposedly, that's the story. And then uh, later on, Toby Hooper remade the movie that was a ripoff of his own movie. And This story is kind of the same deal, where this movie is a direct Star Wars ripoff. But when they did Rogue One, there is comparisons on this video that's out there on YouTube that plays this theme along with the music from Rogue One, and it's almost the same music just at a different tempo. You know, it's laid out a little different, but the notes are almost identical. It's it's pretty wild, man. where you how'd you that, just find that? I think
3: it was well put together.
1: <laughs>
3: it's just out there. I I read an article about it. And there's was, there was another video too out there of a guy explaining the musical limitations, I guess. Wow. Of like why they would sound similar. Yeah. And the composer for Rogue One, uh, just I think he just blew it off and was like, ah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I like how it's kind of like the
1: snake eating its own tail. Right. <laughs> it's it's weird like that. And, and, and really, it caught me off guard, and I was really impressed when I heard it. it. was like, wow, somebody is smart enough to rip off some John Barry because dude had some clout. He's done a lot of stuff. So so anyways, our heroes are riding with the music in a, in a very uncomfortable length of time here. We just get shots of them looking out windows and not saying anything to each other. It's really, really odd. And we basically get the line of... Uh, ha ha, looks like it's the cops. And I'm like... What? <laughs> That's how we're starting off this movie. Ha ha, looks like it's the cops. <laughs> now, when I think of space movies... That's usually not the first thing I think of.
2: <laughs> you don't you don't think of them talking like the Duke boys?
1: <laughs> <laughs> if only Joe Spinell been going. <laughs> well, we'll get to it later. But the they did have
2: a character in this movie that must have been modeled after oh, someone from Dukes of Hazzard. That, yeah.
1: <laughs> so we got Carolyn Monroe, like I said, and the in the dude from Food of the Gods, which basically looks like Tommy Aldridge from White Snake, because he's basically just a, <laughs> he's basically just a skeleton with an afro and uh <laughs> and uh he's just like you said uh, unmistakable you can't miss the guy and the cops that are chasing him are, are basically a combination of the ball-headed dude from the longest yard and uh then you get this really bad darth vader rip off and i don't know if you guys notice or not i mean eventually he has a southern voice but it changes like two or three times here at the beginning it, it's not the same voice for a while
3: but not surprising. Uh, it's kind of like the plot for this
1: movie.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh, there's a plot.
3: That guy was a <laughs> that guy was a really big
2: voice actor. He'd done a ton of stuff.
1: The 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 headed dude or the or the no,
2: t- no, no not not the not the green spandex Shrek. I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about um, the uh yeah the guy who did the voice of L. He did, like, right. tons of cartoons and stuff, a uh, lot of big stuff in the 80s, I like a lot of call- narration and I stuff. I started calling
1: him Tex Vader.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> in my comic book, I, I based the robot drones in there as a combination
1: of L, the robot in this movie, ah. and Robbie the robot. Cool. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. So you're, you're already saying you're a fan of this movie? Is that what you're saying? Well, I'm not going to I'm not going <laughs> to Did you grow up with it?
3: <laughs> uh, no, actually I didn't. Um. But I do watch it. I do watch this at least twice a year.
1: <laughs> I noticed watching this for for reviewing it cuz I've I've had a copy for a long time, but I watched it the other day and I was like trying to take notes as we go along. But the second time I watched it, it's like, you know what? This thing really moves fast. Because they're they're trying to do the Star Wars thing where they're changing locations every 10, 15 minutes. They're somewhere else. Not that they really do it well, but they are trying to make the movie move along and cover a lot of ground. So, kind of have to hand that to them. But yeah, so they're they're running from the cops in hyperspace, which the hyperspace... Oh, man. So bad. So bad. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) It's almost like... It's not even as good as playing Tempest back in the day. <laughs> Those effects make this look incredible. Uh, and the spaceship that they're flying has about as much life as the 3D shot of the shark in Jaws 3D, where it's just floating there. I mean, it might as well yeah. just been the same thing, man. And you got Tommy Aldridge sitting over there, like he's some kind of C-3PO. He's throwing data around everywhere, telling you your percentages of living and stuff. So, again, just direct ripped-off stuff. But, uh,
4: I also think, too... Another viewer, they might actually think that he's a robot for right. the first fifteen minutes because he's just like, oh, we have this percentage of getting through here, ha ha ha.
1: Right, like, and all, it's and, just and so also, static. Also, real people just don't look like that. <laughs> 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 While running away from the police, they almost crash into a, a big green balloon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just looked. at was like, dude, that's just a balloon, man. That's a that's probably a $300,000 balloon that they're about to crash into. Uh, and they eject part of the ship to make sure that they do that they make it more maneuverable so they can get around the ship or get around the balloon. And I think I got a sound bite of that. I think that's right here.
5: Eject, eject. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. It,
4: it, it's weird, too, because they do the exact same thing in Interstellar. Right. They're getting pulled in by a black hole, and they have to eject part of the ship so they can escape.
2: There you go. Yep. Uh, did, did anybody notice a lot of those sound effect noises sounded like the beginning of Cars songs? <laughs> yes. Well, they're, all,
1: they're all the synthesizer, man. Exactly. They're found on every Todd Rundgren album that there is. <laughs> oh. So yeah, they they celebrate not hitting the balloon. I love that. No matter what they're talking about, and pointing at through the spaceship windows, it's never anything about what they're talking about. <laughs> Did y'all notice that? <laughs> yeah. Oh look, this is the land of the stars. I'm like, well, there's not any stars. <laughs> what are you talking about, dude? <laughs> So Kelly Monroe, or, or Stella, let's just go ahead and call her Stella, decides to check Stella? out. She, They found out an abandoned ship while they're out there. And she just says, I'm going to go check it out. And I mean, like, not even two seconds later, she's outside. They do this throughout the whole movie. Every time that they're going to check out something, or they're leaving something, or something blows up, they, she is the fastest person in the world, man. I've never seen anything like it. And, uh, so this is just a first... First step into a lot of the jump scenes that happen in this movie. But, yeah, she's floating out there in her outfit that's made out of, it looks kind of like it's made out of either Tupperware or a milking machine or something that she's wearing. <laughs> and, <laughs> I just couldn't figure it out. But she gets inside the ship, and it's pretty bare looking. Uh, again, I'm, I'm trying to figure out when, when I heard about the $4 million, where's it at? Because I'm not seeing it. They did the whole
2: Battlefield Earth thing And just took the money and ran
1: with it (laughs) Yeah And uh, and of course uh, it's the escape ship From earlier, one of of the paper mache ones We saw fly by earlier So no big surprise (laughs) And they pick pick up this dude That's just laying there in the hallway And they bring him back and they lay him on this table He's sitting on the table and, And they're talking about everything that's wrong with him And it's like, oh he's dehydrated and he's got scurvy. And he's, you know, got psoriasis. And I mean, it's, they're naming off like 25 things, but they're not doing anything to help the
4: dude. <laughs> and Here's a weird thing, too, is that she's like, I'm going to bring him in. And then it just cuts to him in the ship. There's there no spacesuit for him. Right. So yeah. how did he get there? See, I, th- I think it would have been better if... They're checking out the guy on the table, right? And he starts waking up. He starts freaking out, like, "You gotta, you gotta eject me from the space log. You gotta do it!" Right? I'm gonna. And then he like vomits on them, right? (laughs) And then he dies, and they eject him. And then they get really sick, and they go to a space station. They die and infect more people, and it's all an alien infestation movie.
1: There you go. (laughs)
4: That
1: would have been This movie is an infestation movie. There's no doubt about that.
3: <laughs> also, that guy on the on the ship when she's rescu- when she finds him, he's got like actual scruff on his face, like he's been there a while. Yeah. And then when he's laying on the table, it's like they shaved him. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, that's what you got to do when you they pulled a uh, they pulled a Jason goes to hell. <laughs> <laughs> Or they'd pull the spies like us. (laughs) First, you must shave the patient. (laughs) And and I don't, you know, I I try to run a clean show here, but I don't know if anybody noticed, but what's up with dude's crotch that's laying there on the table? Because either just being knocked out for that long... I don't know. Maybe a little something for the ladies? I don't know. But there, I, thought, was, I thought Acton was gonna
3: touch it. Did <laughs> <laughs> put his hand on to, like that guy's hand? It's like, oh my god, he's gonna touch it. Yeah, I
4: kinda of pointed <laughs> out while watching it, I was like, don't look south.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it funny his name is Acton? Because that's definitely not what he's doing in this movie. Oh they, <laughs> the name is so bad, gosh. <laughs> oh.
2: They get caught by a Count Zarth Maniac. At this point, right?
1: But yeah, and you and and apparently they've got another sidekick that you don't see, but it sounds like they got a walrus in there. I think I've got a bite of that here. Let's see. (laughs) So you're not even listening to what they're saying. You're going, where's that baby seal at? Oh, all post sound. All the
2: ADR was done at Sea oh. <laughs> <laughs> Shamu, be quiet! I'm editing. <laughs> <laughs> this is where they get in prison. Uh, basically, don't they send him to a prison planet and they send her to like a just like a slave camp?
1: Well, yeah, no. so he, it goes. Uh, this is where it cuts away to Joe Spinell's ship, and <laughs> in order to belong. On the bad guy ship, I guess you either have to be a really bad actor or you have your own guy that overdubs your voice while you're standing there. Because the voices are hilarious on this thing, man. I see, we got a bite. My lord! <laughs> yes. Ah.
0: What is it? <laughs> they found one damn survivor. Right now, the Imperial shuttle ship has taken him to their medical center, but his brain seems to be thoroughly damaged.
1: His brain happens, seems to be thoroughly damaged. We can tell that from here. <laughs> yeah. No, we knew that before we even sent him out. He just wasn't right. <laughs> <laughs> they make a lot of good, educated guesses in this movie. <laughs> That's where Joe Spinell stands up and he gets the two robots that chased Rob, Rob Halford in the Turbo Lover video. <laughs> 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 to chase the uh, Stella Star at this point. And uh, Yeah, man, come on. This is where the incredible stop motion starts with the, the two robots that are just... Why? Just why? Oh,
2: after they, after they crash land on that, like island planet, whatever that was. (laughs) (laughs) It looked like a beach. It looked like they filmed on, like, the beaches
1: of Venice. That's exactly what they did. (laughs) Yeah, we got no... Hey, we can record here, and it's not going to cost us anything, so... Uh, Well, those robots, those robots, too, they look like
3: they built the armatures for them and got tired. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, I don't know, put some hubcaps on it, call it a day.
4: And the noises that they make too is so annoying. Like they make I can't even yeah. describe it. Yeah. Like they just make things this weird I I can't describe it. It would just sound horrible.
1: Go give it your best shot.
4: Okay. It's <laughs> like
1: <laughs> Yep. Yes. That's pretty dang close, man.
2: I called those uh the aluminum boob monsters. <laughs> <laughs> They, and, but I thought before they attacked, I thought they were uh, attacked by the Amazon
1: women on horseback. No, no, not yet. Like, is, <laughs> well, not when yet? They, get, okay. they get attacked. Uh, now we're at the point. What you were talking about when they actually go to court, <laughs> and there's yeah. that, that weird zombie-looking guy. Oh, we're talking. We're, we're we're talking. I think we're talking about different robots, man. I'm
2: talking about the ones on the beach. No, no, no. Like, you haven't get there you're yet. you are talking about spinels. No, okay, yeah, we're talking about, you're d- talking about spinels. Yeah. Ones. Okay. yeah, there's two of them, wow. they, and I'm they make off. that
1: noise like, like Brendan was making a while ago. go. But after that, then it cuts to what you were saying earlier about the the, the weird courtroom with the weird zombie-looking guys in the snow globe. <laughs> hey, zombie! <laughs> and uh, he's got the papier-mâché head and uh, tentacles. Yeah, you just didn't try, did you? <laughs> <laughs> you can see the
3: guy doing the tentacle monster thing Right Look down and read
4: Yeah Like when it gets like I, a really complicated name of the prison He right. like obviously like looks down at the paper and reads it and looks back up He
1: does <laughs> And That's he amazing. stumbles on his words when he's trying to, to say it Yeah <laughs> <laughs> And how about that outfit that Stella's wearing, man? It's like vampire, I love it. Vampirella it's going great. on the beach. <laughs> it's, it's probably the best thing I took away from this movie. <laughs> it, it, it stays with you. It does stay with you. Yes. Uh, and then uh, you know, because they send it some both to different places, and then it cuts to uh, her, you know, in this in this outfit with other prisoners, basically playing some kind of weird game of Hungry Hungry Hippos or something. They're dropping these big, <laughs> these big balls down this chute. And they keep saying it almost looks
2: like a giant Kerplunk game.
1: Where's <laughs> Bob Barker when you need him? <laughs>
4: yeah, so, but they say that the balls are radium. I find a lot of issues with that. Well, sure. They would be so dead. Well, yeah. they I was be,
2: gonna say that no, nobody's wearing any kind of armor or anything. They'd be no.
4: so dead. Well, she'd be says. dead.
1: She even says that she they, says this radium's gonna eat through my skin. I'm like, yeah.
4: yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: it already removed half your clothes.
4: <laughs> I just I just half expected one one of them just to collapse and throw up and their hair start falling out and <laughs> blood seep from their nose. Yeah, turn but into, it didn't happen. Turn off
1: turn off in that thing into that's on a RoboCop. You know when he gets the toxic waste. <laughs> <one thing.
4: laughs> he gets hit by the van. Right. That's my favorite.
1: It's awesome. So, yeah, and then you got all the prison guards standing around that are basically holding, like, the the part of a trombone. <laughs> Again, you're just looking and going, you just really didn't try at all, did you? <laughs> uh, so, in, in the matter of being prisoners, somehow when you're in prison, they start giving you breaks like you're on a time schedule, like you're actually working a job. So, they get a five-minute break, and then Stella comes up with an escape plan within that five minutes.
3: She was also complaining about how she was there 12 hours. <laughs>
1: I've been doing this for 12 hours straight. <laughs> My hair's going to be messed up if I don't stop doing this soon. Her makeup looks great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then the, But she's talking to these two people that obviously oh, have been there for a while. And the prison guard says, oh, coming up with a plan, huh? And then she starts chop in the guy, <laughs> which is really bad. Really, really bad, but uh, yeah. Hi, I've got it wrote here high action <laughs> <laughs> that causes a big shootout. And so, you got you know, the, the slaves get some guns because she's knocked this dude down, and they're shooting it. The, the, the officers and the officers are shooting back, and they shoot one of the dudes. And in this time period, Stella's running out of the building, I think, but within I don't know, two seconds of her stepping out the door. They shoot one of the prisoners, and he shoots, like, I guess where they're putting the radium in. And the whole place just instantly, boom! But you see her running away. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure she'd be dead, too. Just say it, Because she just stepped out the door. And I know if you're in prison, right outside that door is not outside. <laughs>
4: I really wished that when the whole facility exploded it just cut to credits. And that was it. (laughs) I would be so happy. It was just done. Or no, it would have to cut to the other guy's death sentence. And so it would be her blowing up and then it'd it'd be him getting the chair. Right. As the as the the robot just as I'll just like claps and then credits.
1: I like where you're going with this, man. That's awesome. When we rewrite this, you're on board, man. It's your baby. Johnny, Johnny and I will direct, and you and you can write the screenplay, and Dan can, I don't know, star in it.
2: <laughs> you, you give me a Moog synthesizer, and I can redo the soundtrack even better.
3: <laughs> well, I remember that she's running through that field, and then the, the, the spaceship lands. Right, right. And she walks over to it and gets on and yeah, like just that's goes a, inside smart
1: thing to do There's right no spaceship lands in front of you which is possibly I've actually got that road here probably the worst spaceship landing ever on film <laughs> it's pretty bad uh, really, it's good padding you know, it starts off looking you're like okay I can handle this it, it, you know it's, it's up in the air and it's coming down but when they do the mat where they put her in the scene with it and the colors are so off it's pretty rough man pretty rough but then, uh, yeah, she gets on board, and, and uh, you get, uh, again, uh, Tex Vader and the uh, green-headed guy. Uh, and his name is Thor, of all things. You know, it's like, wow. Wait. Spandex track, <laughs> Spandex Shrek and Tex Vader. That's a t-shirt in the making, man. I might <laughs> have to get on that. And just out of nowhere, they decide to team up. So the people that put them in prison is now wanting to team up with them, because they're on a special mission, or Elle's on a special mission. But
3: and they 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 say that. Oh well, we can because your sentence has
1: been revoked. <laughs> because we need your help. So you got all those people murdered, right? Well, we were going to save you and get you out and take you, but now that you've killed everybody, i uh, sorry. You're just you're now. You got life.
4: <laughs> now that you've killed the twelve thousand slaves and the thirty thousand men working there, you blew you are the whole prison. Seven
1: years.
3: Can you imagine the space paperwork? It's going to be insane. <laughs>
1: So, yeah, now they're going to team up and they're going to fight Joe Spinell and his spit curls. Um, and that's, like I said, you get Tex Vader, which I think sounds like. Let's see if this is it. Sounds like this.
0: Look, it is the Imperial flagship. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh.
4: Throughout the movie, he just explains everything. Like, oh, look, it's the flagship, or it's the Amazons on horseback. <laughs> yeah,
1: look, Oh, yeah, he's the exposition robot. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they're friendly. <laughs> uh, so here's where we get the great holographic version of Christopher Plummer coming in, dressed like a superhero. And in most movies Christopher Plummer is in, like I said, he can say the direction the movie is going but he's not going to in this one. He just comes in and blinks a lot. (laughs) Did y'all notice that? Like, anytime something's going on, he just gives a, like, two-second blink. He just closes his eyes and opens back up. It's like, I can't believe I signed up for this movie. (laughs) He was happy to. He
3: got a three-day vacation in Rome. Well, yeah. He's quoted as saying that he would shoot a porno if he could do it in Rome.
1: (laughs) Oh, Christopher Plummer. Way to go, buddy. <laughs> but yeah, well, What was
2: the uh, actor that was in uh, was in Just Before Dawn that uh, only took the job so he could take his family on a vacation? <laughs> I'm, I, he's, he's another classic actor, too. Yeah, if I'm going to yeah, look that yeah. up. Uh, George Kennedy. That's it. Yep, George Kennedy. Yeah. And he <laughs> said, yeah, well, I did this movie so I could take my family on a, a nice uh, vacation in the forest. And you can, you like, can well, hear George
1: Kennedy saying that, though. That kind of makes sense, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, and Christopher Plummer, his, his his hologram is like normal people size there for a minute, and then it gets like, I don't know, Bigfoot sized for a little bit, then it jumps back down to small, it's like, what the heck's happening here? So, I don't know if they just didn't get the scale right from shot to shot or what, but it's pretty weird. I don't know if y'all noticed that or not, but his size changes quite a bit. Oh, yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> when he's describing the weapon that the Count has got, or it's just going to be Joe Spinell to me, is pretty dang awesome because and it's big and it's huge and it's incredible and so I think I've got that here.
0: They have informed us that the Count has created a weapon. A new (laughs) limitless weapon. A weapon so vast so huge that it would take a whole planet
1: to conceal it. (laughs) <laughs> and it's huge, and it's big, and and uh, it's really—did I mention it's big? It's real big, and uh, <laughs> you would need a whole planet to conceal it. I
2: like that line.
1: Yeah, that's that's pretty big. Like, not not like Star Wars, where you know the the ship is actually the size of a planet or a moon. You have to have a place big enough to hide this thing. So, yep, yeah, no no stealing any kind of reference there at all, at all.
4: So one can say. It. That's no, that's no, that's no moon. moon.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so at this point uh, this is where we start doing more traveling, and that's where we keep seeing Stella's bathing suit keep changing. Uh, and and I applaud that. I have no problem with that.
2: <laughs> it doesn't. You are talking about how it gets lesser and lesser.
1: Yeah, it keeps getting smaller. But her, did you? The wings on her side, her lapels are like. Gene Simmons style or something. <laughs> really huge and got studs on them. I'm like, yeah, I don't I don't know I don't know. <laughs> it could be almost for some other kind of movie. So who knows? It's almost like it was from another movie. Maybe maybe she took what Christopher Plummer said for, for real. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, this is where they actually go down to the to the planet where the Amazons are uh, they take a little small greenhouse down to the planet. <laughs> that box they're flying in, I'm just like, what the heck is this, man? How's that thing even flying? <laughs> oh, that, that, that's pretty ridiculous. But uh, let's see where we're at. They look around, and of course, they see the crash, and then that's where we get the incredible line of.
0: Look! Amazon's on horseback! <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, these women weren't really that big, like you would expect Amazons to be.
1: Yeah, they're not very Amazon-ish, are they? It's just everybody you would had to... They would need. Like, you would think
2: they need, would need like
1: a horse for each foot. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you saw those horse heads that they put on those things, right? I mean, they they took oh, yeah. those masks that are just hanging <laughs> off their heads. Like, yeah, don't even fit right, dude. <laughs> you can tell even horses like, hey, man, this is crappy, man. <laughs>
4: Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that I heard earlier, right before they were going to go to the planet, that it was called Uranus. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wouldn't surprise Which, me. No, that, was, be it. that was the original title of this movie.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Star Crash Uranus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, this is where things take another weird turn, because... Uh, they they catch them, but apparently you don't get to see them catch them. You just all of a sudden they're just caught, and uh, it's almost like a real three is missing or something. So they they haul them in, and well, don't they, they don't they shoot him at first? L? but they well, they, yeah, they, they're taking them across, and just some crazy Amazon for some reason decides to start shooting. And shoots, shoots Tex Vader, and he falls on the ground. And then Stella starts breaking out the martial arts again. It's almost like Roger Moore style, you know, 007, <laughs> chops to the back of the neck and all that stuff. I'm digging these Amazon outfits, though, though. I'll, I'll tell you that. I think those are pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and so they take, her, they take Stella in front of the Amazon queen. This girl just needs to get out more because all she keeps <laughs> saying is, like, what is it? take my revenge, or fulfill my revenge, or what is it she says? She says it, like, twice. Yeah, uh, revenge for what? uh, Right! Exactly! (laughs) Uh, We're missing this part of the story. (laughs) So I'm telling you, that real three is just missing there somewhere. uh, (laughs) But then... (laughs) They take her to, in, in front of the Amazon Queen, and she's mad at her and starts giving her some BS about what's happened, and Stella don't know what she's talking about either. And uh, I think we got some of that right here. Two packs of murdering guardians are there to watch and protect it from intruders. And now,
0: put her into the mine probe. No! No! Hold it right there! Release her or I'll blast your queen. I mean it. <laughs> Come on now. Don't you people move or you're dead. You make a trouble and I'm going to clean out your sinuses real good, lady. I you <laughs>
1: Hey, close the door. Don't you follow us now. Stop
0: them! Stop them!
1: <laughs> wow put her in the mind probe. No! No! It's like, wait, do you even know what the mind probe really is? Because you've never been here before. It doesn't sound very pleasant, though. No, no. Oh, <laughs> uh, So, you know, Tex Vader blasts his way out to get them where they can get outside and uh, get out of there for sure. And that's when the... Oh, come on. This is where the Amazon queen looks on her Vizio flat screen and shoots lasers out of her eyes to wake up the giant uh, monstrosity that's hanging outside. So the Amazon queen, queen is controlling a giant robot. She says, take my revenge. That's what she does. She shoots lasers out of her eyes. And we get some more of this top-notch uh, stop motion.
2: This is the aluminum boot monster. Yes. <laughs> Aluminum boob yeah, Okay. So now we're there, okay. <laughs> <Which> <laughs> I think it has arthritis. Yeah,
1: exactly, because it just takes its arm and just kind of moves it back and forth before it does anything, and it can't hardly take a step. It's like, yeah. I wonder how long it I'm took. Pretty sh-
4: I, I think they didn't put any joints in the knee, which really baffles me, because that seems like a pretty key part oh, of yeah. any amateur... Uh, I mean, uh, I can't say that word.
2: Armature. You know what I mean? Armature.
4: armature. Armature. Yes, thank you. But like, that's a very key part because imagine trying to walk without bending your knees, and then right. trying to do that in really bad slow stop motion. And especially, well, they didn't even have
1: like the minimal amount of articulation. Right. <laughs> and especially with no knees and trying to and walk on the beach, <laughs> that'd be even harder. <laughs> oh might as well be in high heels. Did you notice <laughs> that they look like the planet Earth was floating back there, just out of the ocean? It's like an actual picture of, of the earth sitting <laughs> there. No, I didn't notice that. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know what you were looking at, Johnny, even though they were an uh, armature. <laughs> uh, so they get away from the sword-chunking, slow-motion, no-knee, walking on the beach piece of junk and jump into a spaceship and take off and I'm guessing that the Amazon fighter ships are coming which happens to look just like the same ships we see later on when Joe Spinell's people are chasing people so again just using the same footage over and over
4: Um, I would have really liked for that actually to be a plot point that the Amazons were helping him because they do set up like a relationship and I thought that would have been really interesting to show the ties between Mr. Bad Guy and right. the Amazons, like, "Oh, the Amazons have come here to assist," right. but oh, it's just more stock footage that they try to shoot him. them.
1: And that's what I think—that's what you're <laughs> supposed to take away from it, because she goes to that spiel of saying, "There's guard men there that keep it from being attacked," and so she knows the insides now. And I almost wonder if our Amazon Queen's a little bit possessed, because when she's saying, "Take my revenge," I wonder if that's supposed to be like Spinell. Controlling her or something—I don't know. I'm just throwing ideas out there of trying to make this better than it is. <laughs> you guys are, yeah. You,
2: you guys are putting a lot more plot points and thought into this movie than anybody involved with it did. You get <laughs> Brendan over here is like rewriting the script,
1: and it sounds way better to me. <laughs> so they, they they get the big uh, the big dog fat go, dog fight going on, which is just like Star Wars. Dog with fat. Dog fat. <laughs> I don't know why that made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, exactly uh, uh, the idea of what happens in Star Wars when, you know, hey, all right, kid, good job, don't get cocky, all that kind of good stuff. And during this time, though, when the shooting's going on and stuff, for some reason, Tommy Aldridge turns into Butthead for a few seconds, and he says this. Nope. Yeah. Fire, 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 yeah. fire,
0: fire, fire,
1: Name <laughs> <Fire>. Cornelio. <Fire>. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. It rules. We rule. <laughs> I just busted out laughing when I heard because it was like, fire, fire. And I was like, oh, gosh, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> not only did he preach it, four Mike years Judge old. Mike Judge has been a Star Crash fan. Right. Not only did he start preaching at four years old, but he invented butthead before Mike Judge even knew about it. Uh, so, what does this movie need now since we've kind of done all this that ripped off the first Star Wars movie? A snow An planet. ice planet. A snow <laughs> planet, Absolutely. Didn't see that coming. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, exploring on the snow planet, you got uh, Tommy Aldridge just hanging out with, uh, like you said, uh, Spandex Shrek, hanging back in the ship, talking to a big brain. Any comments yeah. on that big brain?
5: <laughs>
1: Which has yeah. conveniently been written into the movie now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. No real reason why. Just hey, I found this prop of a big brain. You think we can use this in the movie? Sure, put some under lights, you know, shining up through it. It'll work. Uh that is Corman filmmaking right there. Hmm, I've got a dinosaur, a palm tree, and a forklift. Let's make a movie.
2: <laughs> hey so so whenever uh whenever uh Spandex Track and, and uh Tommy Aldridge get in that fight. <laughs> How much time has passed outside that they're completely just covered in ice and snow? <laughs>
1: well, I love the fact that it that uh, you know the when, the when the sun goes down it drops down thousands of degrees. Thousands
2: <laughs> well, of you degrees. You <laughs> have Tex Vader there to help her stay warm. Well, keep her uh,
1: up.
3: <laughs> Let's not forget the heels. You want to walk around in snow <laughs> and, like, four-inch heels.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, if you're going to go out, go out in style, right? <laughs> <laughs> those Italians it and their stilettos. <laughs> oh, man. It's incredible. And, I mean, the only thing crazier than that is the fight that's going on in the ship, because neither one of those guys can fight. Uh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: okay, so, he, so Spandex track like, pretty much lays out him and thinks he killed him, but he, he only did with, like, a minor hit. Yeah. And whenever... Whenever Tommy Aldridge comes back. What, what's going on with his eyes? Like he he has all sorts of unexplained powers in this movie. Like they just things happen, and you're like, okay, oh, so he has laser eyes? What what the hell's going on now?
1: There's there's no logic, man. I mean, one minute he's kind of normal, then he could be a robot, he could be this, he could could be a a wizard. I don't know, man, because he's doing all kinds of weird stuff that don't make any sense. I'm going to play with this electricity right here and talk about planets that it's supposed to look like, which it doesn't look anything like. It's just <laughs> all kinds of weird stuff like that. It's like, yeah, okay. They had a chance to do some crazy special effects, and that's what they ran with. It didn't matter what the dialogue was. And I really think that's kind of what it was. Hey, we can make it look like it's floating in his hands there. Hey, that's great. But yeah, the fight scene. Uh, and during that is when you find out that uh, Spandex Shrek is actually working for Joe Spinell and his wicked hairdo. And uh, <laughs> it moves on from there. Like I said, <laughs> thousands of degrees. He ends up beating up Spandex Shrek. Actually, they get another fight because, you know, one fight's not enough. He shoots Tommy Aldridge. He, like, reflects it back to him, and and dude dies from his own ray gun shot. Is it with his eyes, though, that he deflects the laser? There's
2: something weird I thought in that scene with his eyes
1: well he's holding out his hands so it's almost like he reflects it back through some kind of weird force field so I don't know if it's actually coming from his eyes or what now Now, maybe I'll think of something later in the movie yeah (laughs) Hasselhoff can shoot lasers out of his mask and he's got looks like a creature from the Black Lagoon but it's been like gold plated oh yeah (laughs) Acton gets rid of Spandex Shrek and then goes and uh, they save Stella bring her back to the ship and you get one of the longest dissolves. I mean, this outdoes Lon Chaney Jr., man. This thing goes on <laughs> a long time for her, to, for her to melt back down. But again, she was frozen at thousands of degrees below zero. So it's going to take a while, right? And uh, her, heart rate, her heart rate was at 16. <laughs>
3: That's what they said. <laughs> yeah. Wow. She's barely hanging in there. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you have robot friendship, you can survive. Any type of weather.
1: <laughs> well, that, I tell you what, our, our little segment that comes up later, lessons learned, there you go. <laughs> we, we, can, we can chalk that one up. If you've got a robot friend, it'll help during the cold times. <laughs> 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 so, at this point, not only can he bounce your reflective you know, beams back at you and kill you, not only can he, I don't know, guide you throughout the galaxy to find ships that's been crashed that nobody else seems to know where they're at. Not only can he hang out and tell you all kinds of information you don't need to know, not only can he talk to a big brain on a ship, but apparently he can also see the future. I like how they just threw that in there, out of nowhere. Because he tells (laughs) her that, you know, he... He knew all this stuff. She's like, "You, you telling me you knew how to see in the future all this time, and you let me go?" Oh, well, you would try to change future. You dang right, I would. <laughs>
3: Man. Yeah, he says if you change the future, that that's that's against the law. But dude, it, if he sees the future, and he's known, he's a participant in the scenario. <laughs> right, he's a
1: smuggler. So he's the constantly. Are
3: <laughs> yeah, they're already smugglers. They're already criminals. <laughs>
1: <laughs> again, uh, just, just don't worry about the logic of this movie. Just check this thing out, just for because the, the special effects are are a sight to behold. So during this part, after we realize that he can see in the future, which again, there's going to be things that happen later on. I'm like. If he could see the future, he wouldn't have to know who David Hasselhoff is. He already knows. So, I don't know. It's just weird things like that that happen. I'm like, this whole whole knowing how to read time thing just doesn't really work out for anybody's advantage here. But during this scene, they're flying again, exploring, trying to find where they're going next. And guess what? They get attacked by a lava lamp. Just like the other people did, (laughs) and uh, and it's just as bad as it was the first time. Except at the end, they jump up and celebrate. You got (laughs) you got Tex Vader jumping up, and his voice is changing when he's you know because it's messing with the circuits or whatever. Uh, It's it's not effective. It wasn't good enough to get a sound bite. I can tell you that. But uh, when they get through the other side, they kind of celebrate the fact that uh, they made it through the the biggest. Baddest weapon in the universe, a lava lamp.
4: Yeah, it's almost like <laughs> they jump on and they're like, "Yay, we did it! Woo, we survived!" All right, well, let's get back to our let's mission. Get back to like, work. they're just so like joyful, <laughs> so weird. You think they'd be kind of like concerned or like well, scared that they just, what they just witnessed? Right. But they're just like that. Eh. Totally agree. So they end up going to the next planet.
1: <laughs> oh man. This scene kills me, man, every time. <laughs> they go they go down to look at the ship that's crashed and out of nowhere comes some acrobatic cavemen. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe they- it. But these guys—they completely annihilate Tex Vader. Oh man, they made him to a pup. So it's, it's the it's it's Kazi's <laughs> version of the Sand People from, from Star Wars. But these dudes had the full on. I mean, it's like they came straight off the set of you know One Million Years BC. I mean, <laughs> these are full fledged cavemen who can jump and flip. They're pretty impressive because I can imagine trying to do that in a caveman outfit. Not very comfortable. Those, some of those Jim, Jim Cotta people. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they, they bust open Elle's head and uh, just totally be, beat him to a pulp. Tie up Stella to basically a, a beam that, I guess, come off the ship, I guess. And they take her back to the hut. Have her hanging upside down like they're going to have a feast or something. I guess that's what they're planning to do with it. I'm sure there could be some other in, inclinations there. Anyway, um, out of nowhere comes a dude in a black jumpsuit and a creature with a black lagoon mask that's been like dipped in like gold spray paint or something. It's <laughs> giant too. It's huge, man. He starts shooting all the cavemen. We kind of left out a part here. The reason, another reason, they're on this quest to find this information is they're also looking for Christopher Palmer's son. Who was on this ship when it crashed at the very beginning? So we're on the search for who we're about to find right here. Is the dude with this big mask on his head, who's shooting laser out of the eyes, killing a bunch of cavemen, save Stella? They run around the corner and take a break because he worked so hard shooting two lasers out of his eyes there for about two seconds, and cut her down. And they ran outside, so there was no physical contact with any of these creatures at all. He shot the lasers, they ran around the corner, and he's like, let's rest here. I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, uh, yeah, he pulls off the mask, and it didn't even mess up his hair, man, but it's the Hoff, man. It's the Hoff. He pulls off the helmet, and uh, he's like, hey, babe, what's up?
4: (laughs) I have to say, David Hasselhoff is the best character in this movie yeah he's he he saves it i think
1: well i, I, think, he, saving, well, I think saving it is taking it a long way but okay
4: well <laughs> it, it, it wasn't as bad of a death
3: i think in comparison to everybody else's acting yes as beanie as it is is top notch yeah yep I I always felt like him and Acton
2: had competing hairdos. (laughs) (laughs) Like every time they were on screen together, it was like
1: competing froze. Dueling froze. (laughs) Dueling froze. (laughs) Uh, So at this point, because they're taking a break and introducing each other. All of a sudden, our acrobat cavemen decide to give it another shot and come in, and they're attacking them. And then out of nowhere, because he can read time or see into the future, Acton shows up with a lightsaber and goes to town on these clowns, man. And he's whacking them left and right, doing all this stuff. And you're like, where were you at the rest of the movie, man? I mean, you let you know Spandex Shrek punch you and knock you out earlier. You're coming down here acting like a madman. And like I said, he shouldn't have to. And this is, so and so. Yeah, he he knows, he can see the future, yo. (laughs) You just had Tex Vader talk about how he can see into the future, but
2: he gets pretty much annihilated as soon as they get to this planet.
1: Oh gosh, man! (laughs) I mean,
2: these two characters, him and Acton, those two characters were just like, they had all these powers, and yet they didn't know how to utilize them very well.
1: Yeah, yeah, just bad planning altogether. They find the actual lair. Or the, the entrance to the weapon that takes up the entire planet for Count Spinel. I don't even know what else to call him. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so they go down there and, you know, they're checking out all the, the best technology that 1978 had to offer. Uh <laughs> It just looked like a bunch of tops for the, some of those single, you know, things you used to grow your plants in in the houses in the 70s. The <laughs> Little stand-up Dude, things with <laughs> the clear really glow scary. on top. It's like when you're sitting uh, long, oh, yeah. at home late at Let's just night, stick those on some, some cardboard boxes and spray, spray paint the, the boxes with silver like, you and you put some out light out the under for for no the reason. globe. <laughs> All right. It looks great. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's <laughs> futuristic.
3: You, could, it, it, you can only hide it from the size of the planet. It's a tough one. Really, it's only about the size of the classroom.
4: Right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, so this is... Hey, this is Billy. And right. this is Scott. This is a scary dad It's the, it's dad the third cat. planet from the sun, <laughs> and they showed us it with one moon.
0: We talk about all moon. things scary. And there's cavemen Imagine, on it. <laughs> Dude, if you were still conscious oh, for a few all seconds. All signs
4: are leading Knowing to your that this no earth. A... Check out the brain over it. So all right.
1: Played around with Which before?
4: doesn't make any sense you in you know. a scene that's going to
1: be coming up. No, don't have to make any sense, but that's okay. We're not waiting for now for them to start making sense. I We talk about it.
0: <laughs> Every Monday, available on iTunes, Spreaker, uh, so, yeah, Stitcher Radio, and they're they're on our, our website thinking, scary dad we com.
1: <laughs> And just like any other time, they get caught. Spinell comes in there with about 48 guards, and he has set this thing up, I guess, to explode. And this is the question that I had. This is where I started having a lot of questions, because <laughs> he brings those... Rob Halford robots in again that were on Turbo Lover. And uh which if you haven't seen that, Brendan, you need to look it up because you will definitely get a laugh out of it because you're gonna say, I know exactly what he's talking about now. Because they they look just like these robots, except even less (laughs) even less stuff on the bodies. They are just armatures with a skull head. Um But uh here's here's the thing. And I think I got a sound bite here. Let's see what this sounds like.
0: Now it will be just a matter of waiting. An hour goes by quickly.
1: So so he set this thing up to where these robots are going to sit here and make sure that they stay on the planet so he can get away and it's going to blow up in an hour. Okay. To us, an hour makes sense. To them, what is an hour? Are they using the same time we are? Because our time is set up based off the planet we live on and the the, the cycle of the rotation of the earth. How are they using an hour? I never thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> you're
3: looking you're looking way too into it because later on he mentions when they're in space about how they will be finished by sundown. Right. But they're in space.
1: Right. So they were just missing all these things. But I, when, as soon as he said an hour, and I'm like, what is their measurement of time? Because it can't be the same because we're not in the same galaxy, supposedly. Now, if we're on Earth, it's, then all bets are off. <laughs> standard galactic space hour. Oh, man. I just, I, I just, And from that point on, they keep using time scenarios coming up. And I'm like... Yeah, they just didn't think this through. <laughs> he leaves the robots there, and then we get some really bad Ray Harryhausen wannabe sword fights going on with two robots and uh, Afro Sheen, uh, Akron. <laughs> and uh, he's fighting with the lightsaber. I thought uh, tough acting and acting gets taken down way too fast. acting to acting. Well, here's the thing, and I'm sure we're going to talk about it because there's no way we can't. Uh, He's fighting the two robots, and they hit him in the arm. In the arm. I repeat, in the arm. He has another one. So he goes down. Hasselhoff grabs the sword, or tries to. He's not any help. Anyways finish off the robots, and then out of nowhere, Acton just decides that he's going to die, because he's been hit in the arm.
4: What? I feel like he's almost like a school kid trying to get out of school, like, oh man, it really hurts. <laughs> right. Oh, right. My guys, just leave me here. Just I leave me I here. I guess I can't go.
1: Yeah, it, it, that's exactly what it's like, because they're like, dude, you, you just got hit in the arm. Oh, it's, it's my time. I've got to go. <laughs> did you see this coming? Did you Did you see in the future and realize that you're going to go out like a wimp? because, you know, you can change that, you know? (laughs) Well, the Hoff uses the lightsaber
3: way better. Yeah. Yeah. It's way more believable for fighting nothing.
1: Dude's down for the count. He's only been hit in the arm, folks. I promise you. Why he's freaking out like this, it's not like he got hit in the gut and it messed up a bunch of circuits or whatever this guy's got in him. He got hit in the arm. He's down for the count. Matter of fact... He hits a, a button and does like Space Ghost and just basically, you know, spontaneously combusts right there in front of everybody. <laughs> in a very bad effect. And then, out of nowhere, couldn't have happened a couple of seconds sooner, but Christopher Plummer shows up. Which, again, <laughs> bothers me. Because he pops up and you get this.
5: 48 seconds left till the explosion. We've got to get out of here.
0: It's true, Father. The counters mined the planet with nuclear charges. We're all about to die. You know something, my boy?
5: (laughs) I wouldn't be (laughs) empty if I didn't have
0: some powers at my command. Imperial battleship! Halt! The flow of time!
1: Gotta be kidding me.
3: (laughs) In the space of three minutes...
2: Every molecule on this planet will be immobilized. (laughs) But after the
0: third minute, the green ray loses its power. Time will flow once again.
1: And everything will explode. Three minutes are enough, Father. (laughs) Again, 48 seconds we're going to blow up. Why don't you go ahead and take 40 of those and explain that you can stop time instead of just going ahead (laughs) and doing it. Uh, The other part of that is... How do we know what three minutes is? Again, just the whole time concept that just blows my mind that they would use standard time, I guess, because we could relate,
4: I guess? Another one of my rewrites... I don't know, but... It would have been like, he goes, Imperial! And then it, the planet just explodes. <laughs> <laughs> there's all those quick cuts. So they oh. turn planet just getting obliterated. And the credits roll with awesome. theme playing.
1: So so Brendan's got this thing laid out where there's like four alternate endings to this thing. And everyone's <laughs> a different explosion. I like it, man. Or the sequel. The sequel just picks up where the last explosion was. And you just go to another explosion. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> I can freeze time on an entire planet and nobody's even brought this up before? Wouldn't it come in Sounds handy? Legit. <laughs> exactly. My <laughs> spaceship's going to shoot a beam and freeze all of time on this planet. That's more powerful than anything else that's ever, ever in this movie. <laughs> Why are we not using that? It's kind of like uh, uh, the Fast and the Furious when they're driving these little bitty rinky-dink cars and they pull out the big car at the end. Why didn't you just use it to begin with? And this is not even the end. This is just to get them off this planet. And I love the fact that it's only going to take them three minutes to get off the planet. Where does this make sense? You can get off the planet, and again, you You can get off the planet in three minutes.
2: We all have questions for Lewis Coates.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Lewis not returning my calls. (laughs) (laughs) Just the fact that Hassoff goes three minutes is is long enough, Father.
4: What? This power is so useful, they could just freeze the enemy ship, run in there, and just stab the bad guy in the neck, and then just leave. (laughs) Time would unfreeze, and then the leader's just laying there, dead, on the floor, bleeding out of his neck. They would have no idea what hit them.
1: What they should have done is just got Tommy Aldridge to tell Christopher Plummer where the... Claw spaceship is that Joe Spinell's in, take the, his ship over there, freeze that Joker in space, and just shoot it and blow it up. End of <laughs> <the> story. <laughs> You guys and your logic.
2: (laughs) 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 That has no place in this movie.
1: (laughs) But now we get to the the meat and potatoes of this movie, which is the big attack where we actually do go try to blow up this. And I have to say, the, the thing I do like about this, and it's cheesy as all get out, but that spaceship that does look like a claw, I think it's pretty dang cool.
3: Oh, it's so awesome. Yeah, the hand of doom.
1: Right, The hand, until it starts like closing its fingers, because then it looks really lame. But when it's just <laughs> open-handed, it's pretty dang cool. If you're going to get one thing out of this movie you don't get anywhere else, I mean, there's a lot you're not going to get anywhere else, but the one thing you can walk away with is shooting torpedoes into a ship that have people in it. <laughs> <laughs> really. These
3: torpedoes. Like, these guys must just have to play face to face with each other as they're launched out. And then we were we were talking about the conversations they would have on their way over. Oh, <laughs> if man. one of them ends up you, like you still with Susan, <laughs>
2: what are you guys doing this weekend?
4: <laughs> <laughs> and one of them
3: farts in there.
4: Yeah, just, <laughs> the slow growl just like the. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, "Come on, man!"
2: <laughs> Was it wasn't me. <laughs> I'm nervous. A couple of those fight. They used a couple of those missiles going through the window, shots a couple times, like twice, right? Oh, sure. Because yeah. I swear, it looked like the same guys popping out of them. <laughs> oh
1: man, that's just hilarious. Just the fact of again the logic of sticking two dudes in a hollowed out bullet. Shooting them over there, and they're not in seats. They're no—they're not strapped in. <laughs> they're just dudes rolling around loose in this big bullet with weapons. They have weapons, don't they? Yeah, and they jump out because and start they come out shooting like firing. That's just that's so that's so stupid. It's brilliant. I love it. I mean, that's the thing I take away. If I'm going to tell anybody about this movie, it's going to be, you got to see these torpedo dudes, man, because that's just, I mean, they deserve to be in those things with those helmets they're wearing. So it just works out perfect. Unbelievable. You get the big battle. Uh, and <laughs> and I don't know, I wanted to go back and count, but I just can't do it because I'm just not that interested. <laughs> but, but they just keep shooting those ships out of those out of those. Projectories that are going, you know, to the ship, and it's like the same three ships over and over and over and over and over. Behind the ship, a flash of green light, and you see the ship ship shoot out like it's going out to battle. Almost like a Battlestar Galactica, you know, seen back in the day with the Colonial Vipers and all that stuff when they would come through those chutes or whatever. Uh, it's... It's bad. I mean, I'm,
3: yeah, I went out and I went out and changed the tire during that time. <laughs> <laughs> I got, I got a little time to
1: kill. So you get through all that, and Spinell's pretty much. I mean, they're sending as many torpedo dudes as they can, but they just can't jump out of the bullets <laughs> fast enough. And so he's just mopping the floor with them. So it, it pisses Spinell off, and so he gives us the great line of.
0: Now let's give the Emperor a great reception. Put in use the mightiest weapon, the Doom Machine. Send it off towards the Emperor's capital world and destroy the Emperor's imperial planet, (laughs)
1: Zorthand! Uh, and he's making them cheer with him Because they're all like, dude, we're tired We just got through kicking all these people's butts We've lost half our crew And you're wanting us to go ahead and start launching the Doom Machine Is that so, the name Is that the name of this thing that they're in? Or is it the thing back on the planet? Or, cause, I think I don't, it's the thing on the planet, isn't it? Because we never really see the Doom Machine Do we? No, yeah, but that planet blows up
4: <laughs> uh, Yeah, I thought the Doom Machine was the planet
3: yeah, and that blew up.
4: That yeah, was- I just imagine the emperor, he's like, giving his grandiose speech, like, we will implement the Doom Machine. And then, like, one of the guards, like, comes up and just like the, sir, you kind of, you, you blew it up earlier. <laughs> and
1: so, so, like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, oh. So, he's going to release the Doom Machine. Yay. And, uh... <laughs> And out of that, Christopher Plummer's like, oh, hey, hey, guys, they're releasing the Doom Machine. So, you know what we need to do? We need to send our ultimate weapon, which is a floating city. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I've got a lot to say about these models, quick.
1: Oh, yeah. Go um, for it.
3: <laughs> the Star Wars is known for their model making and they do a lot of kit bashing where they buy different model kits yeah and they'll use different pieces of them and put them all over the place and it looks really industrial and cool and some of these guys were just taking the entire tray of pieces right. and gluing them on <laughs> they they weren't taking the pieces off they're just like well okay we've got this <laughs> you've got that plunk
4: (laughs) like uh, there's a certain word for it and it's called greebling and when it's done right like it is in star wars it looks fantastic but when it's done wrong like in star crash it just looks like they were just lazy like they're just like (laughs) so we're just gonna take these tank treads and we're just gonna put them right there right there yeah Done.
1: It's almost like even inside of the kits that they got, you know, they're all snapped into that tray, you know, so they're all in, got the, the bar that goes around and holds all the pieces together so they don't get lost. You know, they're all come out of that mode together. It's almost like they didn't take them off of that. They just took the whole thing.
4: No, the they side. didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can see the numbers on some of them where they numbered the pieces, like the little little rectangle. You can so, see those little squares. That's
1: awesome. So, Brendan, <laughs> have you seen uh, Battle Beyond the Stars? Yes. So, you know, James Cameron did the effects for that movie and he took empty McDonald's containers and made a lot of the stuff out of that. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, so, you know, so what I'm saying is this movie needed James Cameron.
4: <laughs> a lot of movies need James Cameron. Yeah.
3: yeah I can, Not so much anymore.
4: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so,
1: here we go. Uh, in order to... Use the To use the floating city in Star Wars fashion, we're going to get your year old buddy back. So here comes Tex Vader. They've rebuilt him, and he's shinier than ever. If anything, his head's a little more pointier. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, So they decide that they're the ones that's going to fly the ship, and uh, we'll get some good conversation here that pretty much turns out like you expect. This doesn't make you nervous, does it? I have never flown a city before. Well, leave it to me. All right. Of course. I've never flown a city before. (laughs) Here's my other question Did they evacuate the city or just leave everybody doing their normal thing? There was a line saying that they evacuated the city. Okay. That shows you how much I was paying attention. (laughs) (laughs) I'm surprised they put it in there, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Just let it go, man. This is going to crash the city. Just leave everybody doing their thing, you know, they'll never know. There's a great nursery window right in the front. (laughs) Well, it's funny you say that. You're right, because right before the thing crashed, what do they do? They just jump out a window. (laughs) (laughs) It's so stupid. It's brilliant, man. I mean, and this is a case of just showing you how awesome Stella is because all these disappearing acts she's been pulling off, she can really do it because her and Elle just jump out a a window, didn't roll it down, didn't hit a button to open it up. They just leaped. (laughs) There's no glass in the window going to space. Just throwing that out there. So they're floating through space, which looks about like what you expect it to. Hans Hasselhoff shows up and uh, picks him up on the ship. And uh, I didn't know what was going on there. It's almost like they needed to get a room when when she got back on the ship because even Tex is like, oh, hey, guys. You might want to tone that down a little bit. Christopher Plummer standing over there (laughs) watching this, you know. And of course, he's probably going, yeah, baby, go, go, go. (laughs) Out of that. You pretty much get the wrap-up. So we've destroyed the bad guys. We've blown up the the, the, doom, the Doom Machine, which doesn't make a lick of sense. Just the name in general. We've crashed a floating city into the Doom Machine, and all is well in the galaxy. And Christopher Plummer is going to sit in his chair, blink at you a few times, and tell you that huh. it's good to be a winner. <laughs> <laughs> I don't always kill Joe Spinell, but when I do, I drink a Del <laughs> 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 Oh, That, in a weird way, in a nutshell, is Star Crash. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, surprisingly, as bad as it is, it's it's badly entertaining. It's still fun. Uh, it's definitely not the worst thing we've seen. Uh, but it's, oh no! But it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Have any
2: of you checked out the Mystery Science Theater episode of this?
3: Yeah, we did. Mm-hmm. We watched it with my wife, and she hated it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I was so excited. I was like, oh, she's going to be able to watch Star Crash now." Oh, she'll find it fun too. <laughs> she was mad at me for like a day. Yeah. Oh wow.
2: <laughs> no,
3: I
1: really enjoyed it. We all do we? Any of us learn any good lessons from a bad movie? I learned that no matter where you are in whatever galaxy, we're still on world time. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I learned that when in doubt, freeze time
1: absolutely
2: (laughs) when in doubt always can always uh, come out with a new uh, power that no one knew you had (laughs) Yeah.
3: Yeah. I learned you can use any type of word like laser and put it in front of a normal word and it'll sound (laughs) (laughs) sci-fi true it's an ottoman laser (laughs) (laughs) it's a laser spear (laughs)
2: oh man man i uh, i only learned one thing from this and it's to not let yourself be so kidnappable cuz you <laughs> freaking Caroline monroe
3: gets kidnapped like five times in this movie i'm like she's not very good outlaw i learned most space fashion will allow the crushing of your crotch with some type of i don't even know what you call it it's not even like a cod piece because it goes over their shoulders right <laughs> it's like their shoulder pads go straight down to their crotch
2: yeah well, say what about what they were thinking like any moments where you were just taken aback by I mean, we've mentioned tons of them so far.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a list of them for sure, but my first one's going to be you you spent 4 million dollars on this? <laughs> really? <laughs> For me, it was
2: just the bubble wrap outfit that she was wearing during that one. I'm like, <laughs> when they did close-ups, it literally looked like they went down to a, a box office, or I'm sorry, a, um, a box etc., and just like covered her in bubble wrap. That's
1: <laughs> basically what it was. But Even the boots were made into that outfit, man. That's what's weird. It's just a. It's a it was a big onesie with feet and all in
3: it. was <laughs> <That's> the only <laughs> outfit she had that didn't have heels.
4: The one question I have is, why not land closer? I feel like half of the problems would have just been solved if they would have just landed the ship closer. Like, the freezing planet, land right next to it. Right. Hey, they're not here. Take off, leave. You don't have to freeze. Or, or like, with the supposed, supposed Earth planet, land closer. Hey, there's not a Hasselhoff here. Bye! Like, you don't have to deal with any cavemen, yeah. Well, if the cavemen come out, you can shoot them.
2: I mean, from the ship, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, well, they 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 landed yeah, every planet. Yeah, every place they went, they they landed like at the other end of where they needed to be. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah.
2: For me, uh, another one was, uh, what was the deal with all of L's exposition? Like, it was just, every time he spoke, it was just delivering, you know, these these things that we really didn't need to know.
1: <laughs> or, he, or he over-told you stuff you already could figure out on your own. So I Yeah, guess, the
2: movie wasn't that, I mean, confusing.
1: Yeah, Luigi had, to, he just thought, Luigi thought all of his fans were just really that dumb, I guess, so he had to be over-explanatory.
2: In what ways would you upgrade this movie? Like, what would be a... A nice thing to see this movie to make it a little bit better. Maybe actually hire
1: Harryhausen?
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> that, that's what you do with your $4 million. You you ditch all the, the goofy costumes and you put it into your
1: stop motion. Right. Maybe go ahead and just bring in the cars and let them do the soundtrack? Oh, yeah, that'd be awesome, man.
3: <laughs> yeah, aside from more Amazons, I want more dudes and tubes. Because you can never have enough
1: tube man. <laughs> <laughs> Torpedo dudes for life. <laughs> <laughs> tube man. Uh,
2: I, I wanted to see more Carolyn Monroe in her leather bikini. More. That was just. <laughs> hey, it does seem like a long time, but if you think about what she was wearing beforehand and then the three or four outfits after that, it does. It seems pretty brief.
1: I mean they even made the other <laughs> outfits see-through so you could still see it. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> uh, I don't know.
4: <laughs> One thing that I would make better would be like just to make it I feel like there was not <laughs> very much effort into actually making it a movie. And I feel like they just need to spend like 10 more minutes thinking of more story options or any story in general that would have made the movie way better.
1: How about just a story? (laughs) That would really help out there, Luigi. (laughs) I I thought the same thing because
2: it was like it felt like every time they went to a new place it was just a a different set piece and they tried to incorporate it all together but sometimes it just didn't work. Yeah.
1: Well, you have to remember and this is the thing about it, this is really the truth of it and of course the Italians are just, you know, notorious for just making ripoffs of things in a very, very short period of time. So this came out, what did we say? 78? Yep. So one year after the Star Wars explosion, or so that means as soon as Star Wars hit, he was making this movie. So this they, they crank this thing out. Think about all the post stuff that had to happen for this movie. He probably shot this movie, I don't know, maybe a week? If that, because that's the way these guys roll. And so this guy cranked out a epic, (laughs) quotation mark, epic (laughs) space movie in turnaround time. So this is, like, again, it's it's that Corman frame of mind of just cranking it out. So story in Italy doesn't mean squat. As much as I love Argento and all these guys, their story never means anything. It doesn't matter, though, because you're going to see something you've never seen anywhere else. And, uh, again, you're going to see things in this movie you haven't seen anywhere else. And it's the weirdest mix-up of things because you've got 50s-looking stuff with the helmets the guys are wearing. The spaceships look kind of old. You get 70s-looking technology in the spaceships. It, it, you get the '60s looking monster. That's the judge. That's you know putting them into prisons. All these things are you know derivatives of other things we've already seen. But for some reason, he makes it his own. So I can't hate it just for that factor alone. I think it's kind of impressive that he cranked it out in that period of time.
2: Let me ask you guys this, and this is a question that like every time they were on screen, I kind of went back and forth with. But who do you think chewed more scenery, Spinel or Plumber? <laughs>
3: Well, that's a tough one
2: yeah you would think so. Spinel, spinel has more screen time right uh maybe not i mean he did have a lot i think the thing i won't don't think so
1: the thing with Spinell is it's not his voice. So if you took that away, and could you imagine those lines delivered by Spinell? Because it would be that that voice like this. And uh, yeah, man. I mean, we're gonna release. Were
2: they, were they really not his
1: his voice? I knew Carolyn no. Monroe wasn't her voice. No, I mean they overdubbed pretty much everybody. <laughs> oh, see, I That's... didn't know that. I thought it was no. only a couple a couple people. Think of Spinell's voice in Rocky. Think of his voice in. Well, even Maniac, because he's got that very Italian kind of breathy thing. He really does, He doesn't go, let's release, (laughs) let's release the death, or the doom machine. (laughs) I mean, that's not him at all. There's no way. (laughs) (laughs) Was that Plummer's voice? Yes. Okay, so...
3: Yeah, I would say plumber just because it seemed like he was putting out all those dramatic pauses to milk out his <laughs> performance.
1: The blinking man, I tell you, <laughs> how many times he blinks it's, is just incredible. Morse code. It really <laughs> is. Help! I'm in star crash. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Brendan? Who do you think is, is is chewing up more scenery?
4: I that's a that's actually really tough, just because they both. They're the complete opposites. On one end, you have overacting, like, ha-ha, it's me. And the other end, you just have, like, quiet blinks and stares and very somber and, oh, it's going to be the end of us. And, I don't know, it kind of, like, hits an equilibrium between the two. (laughs) Like, it's just, like, very dramatic on both sides. But I have to... I think the blinking wins it for me. I I, I really
2: appreciated Spinell's just mannerisms and how weird he was in this, because I've never
1: seen him act like that in anything. Well, I mean, the cape and the hairdo, man. I mean, you got to get credit just for that.
2: (laughs) Dude, His his hair looks just like someone from the Lollipop Guild in Wizard of Oz. (laughs) I was
1: going to say, it has a a touch of early flock of seagulls there for a little bit, you know. (laughs) I would definitely cosplay as that.
3: Heck yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can have it you can have a you can have a bit of a beer belly for it. I think I'm perfect.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so yes, where does it sit on the bus? Brendan, where do you think it sits? So our seats are one through five basically. Very, very back is the worst, all the way to the front is the best.
4: It's definitely the third seat. All right, right there in the middle. not quite there, yeah. I mean, there are parts of it that are really good, but on one hand, you have some of the boring, more not making any sense, you know, a lot of plot or lack thereof (laughs) issues in it that I think it's fun for... It's kind of weird to say this, but it's like fun for the fun parts, like the tubes and you know the Amazonian parts. But right. it's not so cool for the freezing time. Wow, three minutes—that's a lot of time to give to get off the planet. Like it, it's not—it's not the worst, but it's easily not the best.
1: How about the fact that he could just yell out in the air, and the spaceship could hear him? Yeah, <laughs> Imperial ship freeze time! I'm like, wow, that's a commander right there.
4: (laughs) His voice carries.
1: (laughs) Dan, what do you think, man?
3: I'm going to give it a two. I can't put it at the front of the bus because I feel that's a very special location. But this is... This movie, the first time I watched it, probably I don't know, seven years ago or so, just won me over. Yeah, It's got... There's just something about it, and at this point, I think I'm watching it more every year than I do the original Star Wars. Yeah. And, Brennan, and Brennan's middle name is Kenobi, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If I could go back in time,
1: he might be an Acton. Oh, God.
4: <laughs> I'd, I'd rather I'm be L. I'm just kidding. I'd
1: rather be L. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Spandex Shrek. That's pretty good. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, and it's also kind of... Uh, yeah, speaking of Spandex Shrek, did anybody get, like, uh, this is some weird 70s, um, like, Guardians of the Galaxy vibe?
2: Yeah, actually, I did this time yep. because the way he's painted, like, uh, Dave Batista.
1: Yeah. Yep, yep. I, well, you know, I think this is... I think the movie hits a lot of things that that we grew up with, Dan. I mean, it's it's we had a time where we watched TV shows that looked like this, and uh, so it, it kind of has that flavor to it. Um, what was uh, Jason of Star Command? Remember that old show? Oh yeah, yeah. So it you know it, it kind of works from a a kid's perspective of seeing that thing when that was kind of the technology. Uh, it's just bad that this was on the big screen and it wasn't as good as what was coming on Saturday mornings. <laughs> so, uh, but I, I totally see what you're saying because the more I watch this, the more I like it too. Um, the, I think the pacing actually works pretty decent for this after you get to watching it a few times. So it's fun to revisit because it is so ridiculous. Um, but you can't help but just have fun with it. It's got its own charm. So yeah, I can oh, see yeah. I can see why you said it up there. That's good. I'm gonna b- agree with Brendan though. I'm gonna say right dead in the middle. That's all I gotta say about that. I put it right in the middle.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I would love to I mean, as as far as Spinell and Carolyn Monroe and uh and a lot of the people in this movie, I, I, I really wouldn't give it a higher score than this, but I'm gonna have to go back to the fourth seat. Wow. Right right behind you guys. All right. Hmm. Still not in the very back. That works. <laughs> well, I've seen this movie several times, and it just seems like it's not a long movie. I mean, most of Corman's stuff was 80, 80 and 84 minutes long back in the day. Right. And uh, this movie, I, I don't know, for some reason, I think it's a lot. I think it would be bumped up to the middle with you guys if they didn't have so many like long, drawn-out spaceship shots right. throughout the entire movie. Right. there's enough time for me to heat up a bag of popcorn (laughs) your scene is going on way too long (laughs) Uh,
1: that's a very true statement because and again it's focusing on here's what worked in Star Wars here's what the kids like let's just put An excessive amount of that in this movie. Yeah. Because we don't have the script to back it up. (laughs) So, all right, cool. That's awesome. We're going to take a short break. We're going to play some promos and some stuff we like or love and just really enjoy. And we'll be right back after this. Get out of the way!
0: Do you want to see something really scary? It's like when you're sitting at home late at night reading some scary story or something and the dog just hops up and runs out of the room for no reason. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely the chick under the bed at that point. (laughs) So who said it best? Rob Zombie or Samuel L. Jackson? That's a tough one. Welcome to Brighton. Hey, this is Billy. And this is Scott. And this is the Scary Dad Podcast. Join us as we talk about all things scary. Imagine, dude, if you, if you were still conscious for a few seconds, knowing your head was no longer attached to your body. So, have you ever played around with a Ouija board? You know? No, I haven't. <laughs> in, like, true poltergeist fashion. It was built on a graveyard. Man, if it's scary, cool, or something we find just plain interesting, we talk about it. Every Monday, available on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher Radio, and on our website at
1: scarydad.com. Truly.
0: Hey, you guys!
1: Okie doke, everybody. That's going to do it for this episode. It's been a whole lot of fun. Uh, I think you can have a lot of fun with this movie. It's definitely a get-together-and-just-check-it-out kind of film. Uh, Yeah, it's pretty crappy, but don't let that stuff set aside, man. You get to see some dudes and some torpedoes get shot at a spaceship and jump out with some helmets on, (laughs) shooting some things that look like a trombone at people. Mm. So uh, you can't go wrong with that. And uh, we really, really appreciate Dan and Brennan coming on the show and hanging out with us, guys. Man, it's been great having you here.
4: Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank
1: you guys a lot. So, we didn't know, if, is... didn't know if we'd have enough room on the bus for all four of us, but we do. <laughs> oh, yeah. It worked out perfect.
2: And plus, oh, we got about three or four other drafts of the script from Brandon. So <laughs> You're right. <laughs> and they were better. They were better than the actual movie. So. Without, without a doubt.
4: <laughs> it's not a high bar to pass.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, man, super super awesome having you guys with us. Take a second and tell everybody where they can find your show at.
3: You can find us. Currently, we're on Podomatic Mm -hmm. and also on iTunes.
1: Right. Good deal. And like I said, if you check out the Facebook page, you got a Facebook page for the show?
3: Not yet. Okay.
1: Well, we
3: just threw it out there to our fans of whether or not they wanted us to have one Mm -hmm. because I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I don't have the time, but we'll see.
1: It it is tough trying to keep all that stuff going. Uh, But what we do. Is normally he will send a link to either Hail Ming, and now we're you know we're gonna start trying to push it on here as well, and give you get you folks to kind of to give them a chance. Go listen to them, check it out. You won't be disappointed. As you can tell, they're a lot of fun. They did great with us here, and just made 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 for a really fun show. So I say you check them out, and you check Star Crash out at the same time. That'll be a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> Your brain will explode. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, Then uh, for me and Johnny, you know where we're at. We're right here on the bus. Um, So just appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Don't forget to check us out on iTunes. Give us some ratings on there. Do that for for Dan and Brendan as well. Go on their show. Give them some some love. Show them some love. Get them a good rating on there. Give them some kind words. That's only going to make these shows get more attention brought to them. That's the the best way you can help out all these shows. So just uh, spread the love. And uh, again, just appreciate you guys hanging out with us. It's been an absolute blast. Johnny? Take care of yourself, buddy. We'll see you next time around. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So for us, we'll talk to you guys later. Adios. Peace.